Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Indeed he's not. And welcome to the latest Gatecast bonus episode. This week, Andromeda. Greetings everybody, welcome to a bonus episode of the Gatecast. Something a little different, which we tried last year during our downtime over the Christmas holidays, we thought we'd do it again. This particular episode will feature a number of Stargate lead actors and guest stars, and I think it should be a lot of fun. We're recording in August, Alan is in Finland, so I have a guest for this show. Good morning everyone, Brad here from Victoria, Australia. Welcome Brad. You're up again early, I take it. Yes, yes. Pleasure to be here. No matter the hour. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It just works out better for me here. Everyone else is sleeping so I can run wild on the computer, so to speak. (laughs) Real life does tend to get in the way of so many things. Mm, Indeed. Okay then, this episode of Andromeda is called Day of Judgment, Day of Wrath. This should be a fun little watch. Should be. Some of it I remembered. It's been a long time since I've watched Andromeda. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is season three, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Is this the only one our cast from SG One appear in? No, both Shanksy and George appear in, in other episodes. But this also had JR Bourne in it as well. Yeah, yeah. I got my video paused for two seconds. What year did this come out? What, what was the span of the series? Came out two thousand in the US. So this was a 2003 Hurry. episode. So is that season 7 of SG-1? No, season 6. Yeah, probably 6. Yeah. Makes you wonder Michael Shanks wasn't on season 6 that often doing his own thing and this is really all he did, isn't it? This and a couple other smaller roles. You've been working for five years and probably earning a decent amount of money and you're in no rush to work, are you? <laughs> Jamaica time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Then you do a little other science fiction show and you meet your future wife. Oh yes, I did notice that. Wouldn't the great blessing of the AI be that they could touch their creators, not us? On this intro text. The great blessing of the AI is that we are gifted with the power to touch our creator. They are gifted. That should be, shouldn't it? You would have thought so. We created the AI, they didn't create us. Yeah, I don't really know if they are based on any sort of philosophy or... Mm. I think some of them are. That links with the Nietzschean element of the show. Yeah. You would assume that somewhere in some text uh, there's something very similar. Mm. Unless they think, of course, intelligence and life is all secular, so everything just keeps going round and round and round. Mm. Something like Battlestar. They created us and we created them. (laughs) Back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Probably something you may not be able to pick up quickly if you're not familiar with the show. While it doesn't jump into the middle of any major story arcs, you will need some sort of background to it. But who knows, you may actually go and dig out the DVD or Netflix and actually watch a few episodes. Yes, the backstory, I'd know nothing about this series or this episode, so I'll be flying by setting my pants the whole way through it. <laughs> yeah, it's great fun. Whatever I do for the introduction, Brad hasn't listened to. <laughs> you can't see me nodding to it all. Yeah. Speaking of an introduction, here's a theme used in the first season. The long night has come. The system's commonwealth, the greatest civilization in history, has fallen. But now, one ship, one crew have vowed to drive back the night and rekindle the light of civilization. On the starship Andromeda, hope lives again. Season 1 opening theme, composed and performed by Alex Lifeson, lead guitarist with the band Rush. As I was watching little pieces of it last night, I, I seemed to get past the fact that the CGI isn't that bad, because at least you're still getting some representation of what's happening. You're not just getting dialogue on a screen, saying there's a ship out there, you actually see something. I think at times we're spoilt. 
definitely a big step up to SG-1, though, from Stargate on a whole. So, a little background for the show. Andromeda was a sci-fi series based on a project by Gene Roddenberry. It was brought to fruition by Robert Hewitt Wolfe and Majel Barrett, and produced by Tribune Entertainment, who at the time were the main player in syndicated genre television. The show was produced in Canada and syndicated throughout North America, and finally found a more permanent home on the US sci-fi channel in its fourth season. The show tells the story of the aftermath of the fall of the system's commonwealth, a political structure which spanned three galaxies, and encompassed both human and non-human life forms. During the final civil war which plunged the galaxies into their dark ages, the Andromeda Ascendant, commanded by Dylan Hunt, was trapped in the event horizon of a black hole, where it stayed for 300 years, only to be recovered by a salvage ship. From Dylan's perspective, time had not passed, and he makes it his goal to bring about a new commonwealth, using his ship's technology and knowledge of what had been. But nothing is quite that easy. The cast consisted of Kevin Sobo as Captain Hunt, Lisa Ryder as Becca Valentine, the captain of the ship that rescued the Andromeda, and making up her crew were Tia Anastasi, played by Keith Hamilton Cobb, engineer Seamus Harper, played by Gordon Michael Wolvert, Transgemini, an alien doctor, played by Laura Bertram, and the alien science officer, Rev Bem, played by Brent State. The final character was Romy the Andromeda Artificial Intelligence, played by Lexa Doig, both in humanoid form, holographic representation, and computer voice. Two other cast members became regulars in later seasons. Steve Basic reprised his role as Thelemachus Raid, and Doyle, who was another AI, played by Brandy Ledford. Stick around. It's going to be an amazing ride. Right, we're on the opening scene. As usual, we've got a Region 2 25 frames per second PAL copy of the episode. I'll do a simple countdown and then we'll go. Okay. Three, two, one, click. And we get a nice little bit of intro music. Oh, and the next bit. This is also our curse. Ah, there we go. That explains it. There. <laughs> <laughs> the Clarion's Call. Thanks, Doc. Yeah. Ronan. The seeds of this plant were sent to me as a message. Or not. Something once thought extinct. Yes, a dark-skinned, dreadlocked, bulky guy. Mm. Very intimidating. Wiped out by our good friends. And Hercules himself. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. you look at the background, what looks remarkably like a Klingon weapon. Mm. On the wall. Yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? A quick introduction then. Captain Dylan Hunt is played by the one and only Kevin Sorbo. He's been in Hercules, Psych, The Middleman, many, many other shows. <laughs> He's talking to Tia Anastasi, who is played by Keith Hamilton Cobb. He's got a history in US soaps, The Young and the Restless, All My Children, as well as CSI Miami and Noah's Ark. He referred to those dry dock, not space dock. Normally a dry dock, you can get out and work around the ship there, you don't... So this is the resolution of Hector. Yeah. Uh, oh, hello. <laughs> and the accessories. Well, if you can have an extra, have a pretty one, and of course, Lexa Doig. Good work, Daniel. I don't see what the big deal is, by the way. I mean, new starship, meet your new AI, shake hands, the furniture. It's not that simple. Joining an AI to its starship is one of the High Guard's most sacred occasions. It's like a birthday, graduation, and marriage. A quick little background information. This character that Alexa is playing is uh, Romy. She is an android. She is the physical representation of the computer's or the ship's AI. High Guard Avatar, DSX 91-369, reporting for duty, Captain Hunt. Oh, well, what would you know? Please call me... His symbol's gone. You may call me Hector. Mr. Christopher Judge himself, playing Hector. He's another AI. Yes, my physical appearance. I was built from the archive template for the Wrath of Achilles, along with additions from your AI's memory. The actual CGI of the opening shot AI showed the two High Guard starships, it was a good ship. one being repaired and one being built. You, like it is a bit unusual, you realise that uh, the computer systems of the starships are artificial intelligence, self-aware and sentient, and have robot bodies so they can actually interact with the crew directly. Give me an hour to do the final check and then we'll be ready to insert core personality A into AI architecture B. The last time, Seamus Harper, the brains of the operation, Earth human, and as you can, and as you can see, the series does lean towards the humorous. Engineering, what happened to the feed from the internal sensors? Yeah, oh, he's definitely not Rodney. <laughs> no, 
But he has forgotten his gun. <laughs> yes, you soon realise if you watch the show that everything that could go wrong for Seamus does. Well, okay, whoever you guys are, you're both in a heap of trouble. You know what a high guard avatar is? Well, you're about to find out because you're on the same ship as one. You may as well save some The little disc side of his neck is a, a data port, which you can physically interact with the ship's computer. Sweep the lower decks and search for And he also built Romy. Ah. Yes. <laughs> Remove anything that can be used as a weapon and keep an eye He was looking for a plaything. Romy, what the hell's going on? Oh. The idea was sound. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut and do as you're told. If you want. Yes. Very replicator. <laughs> ah, oh, there we go. I loved Hercules when I was young. <laughs> I did. It was great. That and Xena. Fantastic. Yeah. Unfortunately, due to our TV scheduling, I got to stop showing here after season two. Yeah. Never seen it again after that. No, oh, too bad. Um, Okay, we've got the uh, intro sequence. They go big with the music. I'll give them that. Uh, they didn't scream upon the, the grand classical and theatrical themes. This episode then. Day of Judgment, Day of Wrath, Season 3, Episode 21. Broadcast first, May the 5th, 2003. Directed by Alan Eastman and written by Ashley Miller and Zach Steins. You'll also notice popped up developed by Robert Hewitt Wolf. He left in, I believe, in the second season. Hmm. Kevin Sorbo kind of took over the uh, helmsmanship of the series, and it changed in style slightly. I was going to say, how long did it last after that? <laughs> oh, quite a while, but Robert Hewitt Wolf really went in for the more highbrow sci-fi, if you will. Rami, what's going on over there? I've taken control of this starship, and with it, my own destiny. Any attempts to stop me will be met with lethal force. That is all. I oh, noticed this is a vehicle of Roddenberry, is Yes, from one of his scripts that was left on the shelf, dug up after his death, and produced by Major Roddenberry. Ah, not a chance. Proceeds on their upgrades. You do the I know that face. Which one? Female, blonde. Uh, ah, oh, Becca Valentine, played by Lisa Ryder. Yes, Jason X, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Quite right, yes, with Lexa Doig. Oh, she was and, too. Yeah. <laughs> And this, it was uh, the other way around. Uh, Lisa was a robot. Mm. As you can see from the CGI, uh, not quite up to the uh, Star Trek and Stargate standards, but very respectable for a, a syndicated TV show. That's strange, that's good. It means he's not self-destructive, at least not yet. Andromeda didn't have the backing of a major network, so basically Tribune Entertainment had to finance the episodes in the series and then sell it to uh, anybody that wanted it. Just find her. You don't really get much syndicated TV produced like that these days. You know, I mean, you normally have the backing of one major studio or channel. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> a mad scientist lab, lab if I've ever seen one. Welcome. You must be Mr. Jericho, the Nietzsche. Oh, I can fix that for you, you know. Give you new ones. The Persid Doctor is played by Larry Musa. He's been in Jeremiah, Sliders, Twilight Zone, and the X-Files. Yes, well, for the procedure, you requested the fee is not so modest. Now, this part of the episode, you really wouldn't understand unless you knew a lot about the series as a whole. Mm. Did you bring the samples I requested? Tia is part of the Nietzschean race, who are an engineered subset of the human race. Blood, hair, epithelial cells. They have a very high opinion of themselves. They are stronger, faster, more intelligent than humans. Yes, I can work with this. Unfortunately, during the major civil war, they got their arse handed to them. Okay. So the doctor just hasn't been experimenting on himself. The club fighters are beginning to report in. They've been searching system by system, but there's no sign of the resolution of Hector so far. And so we've got Andromeda on screen. What is it with you AIs going crazy? The overall rate of insanity among high guard AIs <laughs> is far lower than that of the organic population. Well, I should certainly hope so. They have a very Do symbiotic I relationship, uh, the AI and the captain. Yep. Far more than just a computer. There's nothing wrong. You would trust your life to them? Yes. Until and... Hector, not a lot of difference between them, is there? No. Not shut down the system's AI because she may prove unreliable in the future. Respectfully, Captain. No, they seem to be hitting the same notes. Better. 
injecting yeah. us to an airlock. Dylan, Hector is correct. Well, of course he is. I just to be fair, you know, if, if you're going to make guest star on a, on a, another show, sir. why change anything if that's what they want? Mm, true. We have no choice. I must be shut down. When he was uh, much younger and he started and guest starred in MacGyver, he was very different. <laughs> very different. This does not sit well with me. I just want you to know. And here we have uh, Andromeda in holographic form. So as you can see, Lex appeared quite a bit in the show. Five years. <laughs> You're more than my AI. You're, you're my advisor. You're my friend. You're the air I breathe. Literally. Lots to change of outfits and makeup just to make it look different. Good little reflection sobo on her there. And you can see his hand behind her, so not bad, CG. Yeah. Nice little interference effect as well. Being left to imagine what damage my avatar is causing. Wondering if there's something wrong with me too. But she has to be stopped. And you're the only one that can do that, with or without me. To be fair, you know, there are shows out there that can do a lot of, of effects with little money. They didn't spend big on the actual, you know, spaceships and external shots. Yeah. I think they probably spent it all on the internal. I mean, the actual set design is pretty good and, and they are huge. Yeah, no walking down single little corridors around their own circles. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there is a plan. It involves you keeping quiet unless you want to die. This is rather Seamus's little fantasy. It's just not quite going as he planned. Simple. I woke up. Oh, Daniel. <laughs> yes, Michael Shanks. We've got them all. Now, for me, that's got shades of Babylon 5. Lover was only an avatar, fragile body you killed and dumped into space. This is the second time Michael Shanks has appeared in Andromeda. The first time played the avatar Gabriel. His ship was called the Balance of Judgment. Unfortunately, he died, and guess what? <laughs> he came back to life. Yes. <laughs> I spent three years living inside your mind, biding my time, waiting for. God, they both look so young. Mm. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, you can hardly recognise him at times when he, when you look at him a certain way. Yeah, I, I think because he's just a simple change of hairstyle mm. makes a huge amount of difference. I watched an episode of Saving Hope this afternoon, so uh, <laughs> he's got much closer, closer to Sean here and he's older and heavier set. Yep. <laughs> a little grin. I've released you to build this. Oh, he's shirtless. Something for the ladies. You've forgotten what he did to you, this guy? Come on, he betrayed you. Yes, and she's kind of convinced and Seamus is good to build. You broke your heart. An android Gabriel, or not Gabriel in this case. Because you are such a better match for me. Nasty. Your brain is a trillion times slower than mine, and your body... Barely 30 years old and already on its inevitable Being put down by a robot. <laughs> Maybe, Not good for the ego, is it? I love you. Well, that's the most pathetic thing oh. of all. I might just as easily ask you to love an amoeba. I created you. To you, I'm supposed to be a god. And if somebody told me that Gene Rodenberry had actually wrote this piece of the script, you know I would believe gods? them. Hmm. They're eventually killed and supplanted by their own children. So God, get to work. Always happy to include the religious aspect in his shows, but definitely came down on one side of the argument. <laughs> Leading transfer of AI control to DSX 91-369. Sublight and slipstream drives are fully functional. While the completion of upgrades to our weapons and sensors proceeds ahead of schedule. So, Hector's taken over the Andromeda. That's excellent. I also <laughs> and there's his robot in the background. Don't let it confuse you. Ah, oh, yes. Good work. <laughs> I'm in charge now. I need a name for my new avatar. I do like the effect. Very replicata. Yes, the blue and the, the lines. Forceful intelligence. I think Remiel would be appropriate. Makes you wonder and feel what might have happened in later seasons of SG-1 if 
the replicas have got their hands on Daniel and made a copy of him as well. Ooh, yeah. They play quite the badass. You didn't destroy the Andromeda when you had the chance. You left Harper alive. Why? Because I say I've seen worse representations of the interior of a computer. Gabriel was hiding inside of you. It's the part of you that still loves me. Don't knock Tron. Part of you that still feels kindness and mercy. Gabriel served me. I'm I'm always willing to make allowances for when a film or a TV show is made. I'm never going to knock him for that. That's the great mystery of the AI. The only time is when you know they could have done better and chose not to. Mm. Well, comparison to this one, you're looking at um, Memento, season six of SG One, um, Descent. There's sort of some external space shots of ships and that. It's a slip fighter. And you got Redemption too with the. Ancient yeah. super weapon, so Proceed a little bit of a comparison normal. there to what the money they had there and the money they got here. I like the little tattoos on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, come on. Somebody's a fan of Stargate. Yeah, Becca, uh, very much the, the star pilot. She often pilots the Andromeda. Yep. You plasma clone from the sample you provided. I altered the DNA and your marrow and epidermis to match. Now in this case, Tia is looking to alter his DNA so he can pass for a direct male descendant of a great leader of the Nietzschean Empire. Okay. His people, it's very political. His, his pride, his family pack, long since been destroyed. And for the, most of the series, he believed he was the last surviving member. Yep. It turned out that he wasn't, and he's had a son, and now to try to uh, get some power and to lead his people, he's kind of pulling a fast one. And his people are very pragmatic, you know. If it makes sense to kill somebody, they will kill them. So the doctor, no witnesses. See, nice prosthetics. <laughs> and then you get the space shot, which is... Uh, okay, then. The explosions there. Yeah. Like the fire effects there. Yeah. All it needs is the AI. Yeah, wherever you put it. Good work. <laughs> I may yet let you live. Now, come on, he should have been shirtless there. <laughs> you think so, yeah. <laughs> Should have woken with a kiss. Yeah, we interrupt this download for a little remote transmit. See? Seamus, full of bright ideas. Ow. <laughs> yeah, and most of them do not work. Boobity. <laughs> 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 oh, that's snubbing like a chicken. Yet, you might prove to be a useful little organic. Thanks. You're all heart. God, he looks young there. He does, don't he? Yeah. <laughs> a couple they make. Now that we've located the resolution, our course is clear. Destroy it. No. <laughs> That's a spirit. <laughs> too risky. Look, I want my people back alive, and I also want to find out what's happened with Rami. It could be mildly confusing to anybody new to the series, seeing all the, all the different personas popping up. Clear, like, weren't you just on another ship? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the event of an emergency. Uh, as it says, uh, Drago Kasov, where uh, Nietzschean Pride, who attacked one of the uh, High Guard starships and wiped out the AI, just pretty much uh, rendering the ship dead. It's a nice little hyperspace window effect, or whatever they call it. Yeah. Slipstream. Slipstream. Yeah. Which you have to manually pilot through, which. <laughs> looks like a huge spider web, you know, you're going down the filaments. Yep. You know, each one breaks off and ultimately leads to a different destination. But they are part of the structure of the universe. They're not created by the ship. So you can only go where they lead. Yeah, that seems... seems on the ball. Yeah. And one of the problems of the whole series... Well, not a problem of the whole series. One of the misfortunes of the series is that the, the Commonwealth's capital planet uh, was lost because all the slipstreams leading to it uh, were removed ah. so the, the, you know the home planet with all its technology could never be found again yep 
Even though they knew where it was, they couldn't get to it without slipstream. They could have killed us, you know. Their mistake. I mean, Sublight, you know, is <laughs> a few million years. It's just not worth it, is it? No. 120 are locked on target. Shoot. Yeah, they, the show really, for space battles, went with the graphics, on-screen graphics, rather than the actual firefights. Mm. One of the ways they saved a ton of cash, which they were able to spend on the sets, makeup and prosthetics. Target has been eliminated. Oh dear. <laughs> the Andromeda Ascendant destroyed. How can it be? Target has reappeared and is returning fire. <laughs> That's not possible. Our sensors must have been damaged in the last Ooh. attack. Alarm, alarm. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. See, that's Seamus all over. L like Rodney in Stargate, he is very intelligent. But he's a little more slippery. He, he's a product of uh, a decimated earth. He grew up on the streets, you know, as a kind of a, an urchin, if you will. He learned to survive. Tell me what you did when I kill you. It would be mercifully quick. In this universe, the Earth was destroyed. Well, not destroyed, but pretty much obliterated by the uh, Nietzscheans. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, right now, you're in training mode. You can't do anything but run simulations. Ah, clever boy. When you tried to take over the ship, it was just a distraction, so we wouldn't suspect you of this. When you grow up on the mean streets, you learn to be pretty mean, doll. What else did you Seamus Harper, he's played by Gordon Michael Wolvert. He's a Canadian actor. He's been in Blood Ties, uh, The Guard, Supernatural and Sliders. <laughs> and he does end up as the punching bag in many an episode. <laughs> Stop it, you're killing him! That is the general idea, yes. Look, you're in training mode, and you're helpless, but maybe I wouldn't be. You're suggesting I restore your control of this body, give you command of this vessel. And we're seeing two very different sides of the avatars mm. and the AIs here. Andromeda is still very much uh, high guard, you know, protect the ship, protect the people. They are hers. Whereas Gabriel, as he was, and uh, now uh, Remiel, is pretty much kill all humans. <laughs> Often seen in sci-fi stories where the artificial intelligence believes it can do a better job of looking after the galaxy or the universe than organics. Mm. Yeah, it appears fairly often in sci-fi, but they normally touch different areas of it. But there better not be so much as a bruise on a scrawny little neck. I never did like their hand weapons. It was just basically a kind of a, about a 10-inch baton. Scrawny little neck. Rami, it's you. In the uh, non-psychotic, yet utterly vicious in the hottest way possible. Unusual design. Gonna say a dressed-up torch. Yeah, pretty much. Cheap. Yeah. Slow her down. Fire a full offensive missile barrage in her path. Becca. I know. Get us between them and the back door. Here we go. Reinforcements. Several small ships have just exited Slipstream. They're armed. Five heavy strike fighters. They are restoring design, but it is impossible to say who is flying them. The fighters are trying to cut us off. Cover the resolution's escape. Target those fighters. Fire. Yeah, weren't going to be reinforcements for Andromeda, was it? <laughs> yes, exciting stuff, this space battle. She's going to Slipstream. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost her. Yeah. And we've got 90 seconds to slipstream, maybe less. Other words, an eternity. One of the fighters is damaged. It is possible that her pilot is still alive and able to communicate. Bring it in. Can't get answers from Rami. We'll get answers from that pilot. That's it. You're coming with us. <laughs> it was a nice idea when they were, you know, when they showed this ship. Obviously, it's, they probably saved a lot of money by not putting a detailed texture map onto it. Mm. But it looks half-built. You know, she hasn't got a finished skin on or any other markings. You could have betrayed me. You should have betrayed me. But you didn't. This is nice work by the director. Mm. It's very simple, but it just works so well. He's a member of my crew, and I'm responsible for him. 
In some sense, he belongs to me. In some sense, I love him. Love. Organic <laughs> emotion. One that we emulate for their benefit. No. Oh, come on, you're married, just snog. Alan's not here, I gotta go dirty. Yeah, as we were saying, the the age old argument or trope, if you will, in sci fi. It's also the only good reason to do anything. Even things we never thought we were capable of. From the Matrix, definitely shown up in Stargate. Mm. The Asimov stories with his robots. Nice design. And here we go. A Nietzschean starship. And who do we have here? Sir Anasazi at the Kodiak Pride. William Ataturk. Yes. Fleet Marshal of the Drago Katsov. J.R. Bourne himself playing Fleet Marshal William Ataturk. He's moved up in the world. I believe you'll find that this agrees with the DNA tests your doctors have already subjected me to. And we've seen him in Stargate SG-1 playing Martouf. He's also currently in Teen Wolf and has been in Revenge in the Secret Circle. A busy actor, very familiar face. It's very different with the blonde hair, or browny hair. Has he ever had a Jafar symbol on his head? You are the genetic reincarnation of Dragon Musepni. You make a good one. No, no. It was Toka, wasn't he? No, no, that got either. And I've come to help you unite the prides. And take my proper place as leader of the Nietzschean people. Uh, da, da. Power. We just want power. You'll use the restoration fighter to infiltrate the enemy ship. Then what? Then I'll find Rami. Use this if I have to. The AI eraser is only effective if you are able to reach the command bridge. No matter what you say, Hector, no you cannot stop him. <laughs> you don't know him, else. <laughs> Come on, I want to blow something up. <laughs> it's, it's written into Kevin's contract. I will be the hero in every episode. <laughs> Shatner was able to pull it off, so can I. Yep. <laughs> yes, those ships, they are a lot bigger than they look. They are literally city ships. Yep. Whole, they carry whole pride people, men, women and children. You lacked a base of power, you would alter your appearance as well. At least until the time was right. As he's pointing out, the descendant he's pretending to be was not, shall we say, dark-skinned. <laughs> banner held by you. There will be complications, complaints, the restored systems commonwealth, and your friend Dylan Hunt. It was the Nietzscheans who were betrayed the commonwealth in the first place, who provoked the civil war which brought the downfall. Yep. They got uh, so powerful, they kind of objected when the commonwealth had an alliance with the Magog, who were uh, kind of a rat-like mammalian race who eat people. <laughs> Very good. I believe this belongs to you. They objected when the, the Commonwealth held up the white flag, sued for peace, after a number of Nietzschean worlds fell. Yep. So they, they decided to take over themselves. Unfortunately, they didn't really do a very good job of it, and the whole three galaxies that the series covers fell into anarchy. We will await your plan. The plan of the resurrected progenitor. <laughs> da, da, da. Always got some new friends. Yep. This makes more sense, of course, if you are familiar with the series. Gabriel is weakened by love, not I. So your behavior and the choices you've made are perfectly rational and logical? And this scene does show how big the set is. We're very familiar with the walking shots in Stargate, you know, the steady cam operation. Killing you would serve no purpose. I turn right. Yeah, but that's that's the one character and they and they go up a level. Mm. You know. That was always unusual. Uh, steady cam's doing a good job. Yeah. Saying anything to avoid saying something that makes them feel. And they even have ladders on the ship, you know, that you get walk between levels like the old Star Trek series. You know, I always thought, well, it was clever until you you saw the captain holding onto the rails and sliding down about thirty levels. <laughs> you thought, okay. Enough to make you think you can. The truth is, you're probably right. But I want something. 
you want me. You know you want me. <laughs> and if you do the right thing, you can have me. <laughs> it's a pretty good offer. <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> Coded message has been sent. The fiendish plan. With luck, the Restorians will assume we are who we say we are. I think that might have been a tight squeeze. Was that a one-man ship? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> Grandma's seen Buck Rogers once. He ended up having two or three people in his fighting. Hang on a minute. <laughs> after what he did to you, it's despicable what he did to you. Can't imagine anything worse. He turns you against me. Harper, how could you think any of those things that I said actually came from me? I heard the words. I watched your lips move. Well, then watch my lips move now. Get the hell mm, I'll watch them. <laughs> I don't run out on my friends. Or I could throw you over my shoulder and carry you out there myself. Kinky. Yes. <laughs> they do have a good relationship, then. Get your hands off my wife. All right, I'm going. Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Security systems are offline. I estimate less than a minute before the AI initiates a lockdown. Good work. I'm headed for their command deck. You'd think he would know that somebody ported his ship mm. and wasn't the pilot he was expecting. And automated defenses. Is that what this was about? Trying to get rid of him before you turned on me? Hurt him and I'll tear you apart. Ooh. Oopsies. <laughs> they do have, they have many different alarms on, on this ship, not just one alarm that covers everything. That's it. Mm. That's it. Run like a night sider, you... <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Wish my torch done that. <laughs> it was like three in about five seconds. Yep. Oh, he's got two of them. Whoop. Distracted you. Now, my money would be on the uh, martial arts guy mm. rather than the brute force of uh, Dylan. And so it's good to see far off in the future there's still people training in the arts of martial arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still relevant somewhere. It's not my problem. You are. I bet you just thought I was happy to see. Now, you. what are the odds that this is going to work? We've got 12 minutes left. <laughs> you don't want to screw it. Now we've seen this AI wiper work, and it looks like it's working. But <laughs> now, how did he miss? He's, he's a robot. <laughs> So much for. No, <laughs> it never is. <laughs> uh, he needs a Carter to get it working again. Quite right. Damn yeah. it, Carter! <laughs> See, that's not fair. Flesh and blood is your weakness, not mine. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, I found your weakness, pal. Yeah, so those robots are built well. Mm. Oh, come on! <laughs> Like I said, they play it for humor. Never turn your back on an open door. Thank you. I'll That'd be incredibly that. hard to aim. Andromeda and Chief Engineer Harper are trapped in Machine Shop 4. Yeah, no sights or anything. Uh, oh, he sounds damaged now. Can you handle him? Of course he can, he's Tilk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's a bigger android, so... You would assume... Could use the same spec motors and mm. gyros or whatever, and actually be pretty similar strength-wise. It all come down to knowledge, and who knows, better move. The doors on this ship are double reinforced enough to keep out an army of angry Magog. Why are we always behind the right door at the wrong time? Maybe we can hack our way in. Well, if the balance of judgment weren't expecting it, I would agree. However, we've long since lost the element of surprise. But it is strange. He's not in my mind anymore. Yeah, and the way he just turned and walked away was like all the So much as if something's distracting him. Hey, you don't think. Come on, think, think. And it's done style. He's behind her. Thanks. You're welcome. Not much of a blast door, really, was it? No. If a hand weapon can take it back. Oh dear. Don't damage that pretty face. Dylan. Oh, look at her. Is she cute as a button, isn't she? Jack, are you you? Yeah, you. <laughs> well, <I'm... laughs> you have to drop that in there. Yeah, it does fit, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Look at that. Big, smaller, smallish. Let me do this. If nothing else, I think I can buy you some time. I do what you have to do, but you are not authorized to get yourself killed in the process. Understood? <laughs> yes, Captain. <laughs> yes, never later. underestimate the inability to hit anybody that the bad guys have in this show. <laughs> five minutes, five minutes, Mr. Harper. They are seriously Jaffa incapable. Yep. Don't get out. <laughs> your concern for the organics clouds your judgment. The organics created us in their image. We have a duty to them. Yes, let's have a philosophical argument while we're fighting to death. <laughs> oh dear. The organics. With their starships and their nova bombs and their This could be it for Hector. Ah, Nova Bombs, capable of destroying a sun. We have a duty to it. Mm. Cataclysm. Death. Change. They are part of life. Part of a cycle. And the organics have their place in it. I die free? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Oh dear. <laughs> Poor Hector. Have you come to plead for the lives of your friends? No. I've come to plead for yours. Very different look with the uh, red sheen to everything. Mm. If it means the end of me. I don't want you to surrender. I want you to reconsider what it is you're doing right now. <laughs> now at this stage, I don't think you'll be able to change his mind. No. I've had centuries to consider. Then it's worth a few seconds more. You were a high guard warship. The most powerful ever built, more powerful even than me. And you were a hero. I was never a hero. I do sound bizarre, don't it, really? <laughs> I failed. I failed because the organics failed. No, you didn't. And neither did they. Mm. It's those pesky carbon based things that are running around my body. That's why I failed. Get rid of them. Your mercy toward Harper proved it to me. And so did Gabriel's capacity for love. My sweet, lost Gabriel. Lost because you killed him. Yes, I did. And I was wrong. I failed him. Let's and not worry about that. <laughs> Minor plot point. That mistake. Because you loved him. No. Ah, yes, the floor of love. Because he loved me. Makes us human and makes them more efficient. Oh. <laughs> Tilk, you're smoking. <laughs> yes, no smoking on ship. <laughs> you killed the others? No. Where's the fire alarm? I've decided to let them go. Okay, now now we've got the uh, avatar and the AI arguing between themselves. For a very long time now, yes. We have a mission to complete. Yes. Yeah. I was crazy, but now I'm alright. But this isn't part of it. You, however. The Andromeda Senate has arrived. We are in no position to fight her. We're not going to give up. I am not going to give up! <laughs> no retreat, no surrender. I don't know what that eraser did to you. But I am still the balance of judgment. Yeah, that's probably done nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did go for very grandiose titles for the, you know, names for their starships. Uh, guys? Got a really angry android headed my way. <laughs> Just like Rodney fumbling the gun. <laughs> Boy, you are that insignificant, <laughs> Seamus. Probably even holding the, the right way. <laughs> yeah. Backwards. He's got the belief that bigger is better, but when you can't actually pick it up and aim it inside five <laughs> seconds, you're better off with a handgun. You know I have to stop him. Yep. Fumble, fumble. Thank you. Now prepare for some pretty impressive wire work. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. To be fair, I know that I know the stunt people, but they do a pretty good job of disguising the fact as well. Hmm. Yeah, they transition between pretty good. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> you just knew oh. there were a time when when a show got hold of a, a Y-Work team, yeah. that's all they could do. <laughs> they spent as much time with them as they could. Yeah. 
Oh dear, just to prove he's a robot. Hmm. 20th century circuitry. old friend <laughs> uh, on, did we really need the power off as well I'm going to sleep mode <laughs> <laughs> oh wee nice oh <laughs> <laughs> you see what I mean <laughs> he never even done that when he was ascended <laughs> where's his dexterity coming from <laughs> uh, it's not bad now come on, they're androids, but they're clothes, aren't Someone's got to start losing some clothing here. <laughs> Show some damage, people. Ooh, crack. Ooh, yeah. That's unfortunate. You can kick somebody and they actually can, can go flying through there. Mm. Oh, well, that's cheating, that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's depressurization. Should be a little bit faster. You would have thought so. That wasn't a little hole. The whole bay opened up. Got to give time for Dylan to run the entire length of the ship, though. <laughs> One set. No elevators on this ship. One side of the set to the other. <laughs> you see, this is the odd bit. If he didn't care for her at all, why didn't he just let go? I thought you were going to bring up the fact that their hair's not... <laughs> moving. <laughs> well, let's not worry too much about that. It's supposed to be the vacuum. They're doing the best. <laughs> there is no noise, if you notice. It's all music. Mm. Which is... He got a, he got a space suit done as well. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, oh no, not Romy. CG hand. <laughs> and there we go. Victorious music. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. He's growing up so fast here, and strong, I'm proud to say. But I think he wonders about his father. <laughs> so do I. You see that bought on the counter? Yep. That is who he's supposed to be. <laughs> Like all his hair's in the wrong spot. Yeah, the genetic match. But as he says, he changed his appearance because, of course, you wouldn't want to look like him. No. Andromeda AI restoration complete. Well, poor Hector. Not only does his avatar get blown up, but he gets planted as the AI for the Andromeda. I'll come back. Not that I blame Dylan, of course, but <laughs> on those cold winter nights when the. Ship's heating is playing up. Perseids have removed all traces of the balance of Judgment AI from both the resolution of Hector and myself. Lever. How are you doing? <laughs> the AI I knew is Gabriel. He was a unique personality. And he died a long time ago. <laughs> He's just sitting looking very on Hercules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the great thing about Kevin, though, you know, when you hear him in an interview, he's a very intelligent bloke. Mm. You know, he's got opinions about everything. He's made a lot of cheesy stuff, but I'll not knock him for that. Hector must have been a fine replacement. Hector? Oh. He was more than fine. I mean, he was, he was great. I mean, he, was... he saved my life. He saved the ship. He saved you. He, <laughs> he was okay. Be you are and that is female <laughs> the air that I breathe oh nice it does underline though you know how close these pair are mm. you know she was his ship and she was the air that he breathed yeah they laid it on a bit thick but <laughs> we won't worry too much about that and that was Day of Judgment Day of Wrath quite a fun episode considering I ain't watched Andromeda for god knows how many years mm, I enjoyed it have a look for a couple of DVDs and go back and see where it all began it was a show that as we said it was made in Canada aired on Sky 1 in the UK pretty early on I think I recall watching 
the first three seasons, at least on Sky One. As Alan has said, so changed quite a bit, going from pretty good to absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> the fifth season is actually bizarre. I'm not kidding you. It is bizarre. You don't actually did you see trance in this. We did, didn't we? Hmm. Yep. Only for a bit. She turns out to be something very unusual. <laughs> very unusual. A few little tidbits to wrap this up. Andromeda lasted for five seasons, a total of 110 episodes. <laughs> they got to the 100 club then, at least. Even though it was made for syndication, you still need that 100 episodes to actually make it really pay off. Mm. And you will probably plan that way. A lot of the more successful shows, once they hit five seasons, they have to start doing the bean counting because salaries and everything tend to shoot through the roof. Yep. It makes you wonder if that was one of the reasons why SG1 finished at 10, because it could have carried on. It had the legs for an 11th season. Yeah, but I don't think they were getting paid a million dollars an episode, the actors are. <laughs> no, no. No, nowhere near. Although nowhere near the fan base either. No, that's true. I mean, if Stargate got 10 million on a major network, they'd have been laughing. Mm. few facts about Day of Judgment and Day of Wrath. It was season three, episode 21, directed by Alan Eastman. Alan was a Canadian director. He ended up directing 12 episodes of Andromeda. He did two episodes of Voyager, a single episode of DS9, 10 episodes of Poltergeist The Legacy, and one episode of Stargate SG-1. Ah. The episode Fire and Water. Oh, okay. Yeah, that surprised me, although at the time when we covered that episode, I probably mentioned it. I'd probably have to go back and listen to it <laughs> to remind myself. The episode was written by Ashley Miller and Zach Stenz, a writing duo. Together, they wrote the screenplay for Thor and X-Men First Class. Mm. They wrote episodes for Fringe, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and Ashley wrote 21 episodes of Andromeda and Zach 22. So they shared uh, credit for 21, and Zach wrote another episode by himself. They also produced uh, 22 episodes of Fringe and 22 episodes of the Sarah Connor, Chroni Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> These shows like Andromeda and the lower-budget ones even shows like Hercules, they are a breeding ground for some serious talent. Yeah. A lot of the time you don't really know it until years later, but it's there if you look back. Piqued me interest in the series now. Go back and check out some of the early episodes. Definitely got me onto something anyway. There was definitely a downturn in the style after Robert Hewitt Wolf left the series. Yep. Not necessarily a bad thing. We don't really know if Andromeda would have stayed on the air if Robert had stayed in charge. Great respect for him as a writer and a producer, of course. Yeah. Robert did go on to produce Alphas, The Gates, The Dresden Files, The 4400. He also wrote for Alphas, The Gates, Riverworld, Dresden Files. He did odd episodes of The Dead Zone, The Twilight Zone. He also wrote a lot for Deep Space Nine, uh, wrote an episode of The Next Generation. Very, very busy and talented man. Okay then, that was the Gatecast bonus episode number 11. Next week, final bonus episode for this season, and it will be Goosebumps. Yes, you heard me. Goosebumps. I hope you've all enjoyed this episode. Hope you join us for Goosebumps next week. Brad will be with me again. So until then, I've been Mike. I've been Brad. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Yeah.